We got to get real with our own sins as Christian people. To stem the tide of sin's destruction out there in the world, God's people have got to accept His cleansing process in the church. Now what does this cleansing process involve? In a word, it is repentance. And in the book of Revelation, the Lord Jesus speaks to churches. And I want you to make believe that He's speaking to Bethel Baptist Church today because in five of seven churches, Jesus commands these churches to repent. In Revelation chapter 2, beginning in verse 2, the Lord says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and you found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and you have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. And then in verse 16, he speaks to the church at Pergamos, saying, Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and fight against you with the sword of my mouth. And then in verse 19, he speaks to the church at Thyatira, saying, I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. As for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat the things that are sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, yet she did not repent. And then in chapter 3, the Lord speaks to the church, the church at Sardis. And in verse 1 says, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful then and strengthen the things which remain that they are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and say it with me. Repent. And then as we shared last week in verse 15, as he speaks to the church at Laodicea, he says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. Oh, how I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and say it with me. And repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If 
anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Seems like to me that repentance is pretty important to the Lord. Repentance is basically being exposed to, then responding to what God says about our specific sins. Repentance is basically abandoning sin both inside and out, forsaking our pride and turning to the Lord our God who desired and wants to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all, say all, from all unrighteousness. Repentance is basically turning away from sins and self and turning to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If we want revival, that's what we got to do. Last week, we, we asked God. We pleaded with God. We prayed to God and asked Him to convict us and to give us discernment on how to break down these walls of sin that Christians have in their lives. We asked Him. We repented of sins of thoughts and we asked Him to help us to cast down anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. We asked Him to help us to, to take captive every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We also repented of the sins of attitudes, asking God to help us not to be lukewarm like these Christians at Laodicea, because we realize that a careless, complacent attitude literally nauseates God. We repented of the sins of speech and we asked God to help us turn away from every idle word, from every corrupt word that blasphemes God, that causes us to lie, that causes us to gripe and complain, and that causes us to live with an ungrateful attitude we need to tear down the wall and on june the 12th 1987 at the berlin wall president ronald reagan told the premier of the soviet union mr gorbachev tear down this wall tear down this wall can i tell you that we want god we want God to tear down anything that stands between He and us. To tear down anything that, that separates us from His power and from His presence. We want Him to reveal those things in our personal lives. We want Him to reveal those things in our church life. We want Him to reveal these things in our community that are keeping us from experiencing the mighty presence of God. Today, we're going to continue to ask ourselves those difficult questions. Those hard questions that lead us to repent. 
so that you and I might tear down that wall, that wall of sin that, ex- that keeps us from experiencing a widespread revival. For Bethel Baptist Church to experience revival, we must each repent of the sins in our relationships. Perhaps the single most common place that we face the temptation to sin is in our own relationships. Relationship sins can basically be categorized into one of five major areas. Let me run some by you. Number one, can you think of a single person that you have hurt or offended in some way? In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus was real clear about getting right with those that we've offended. He said, if you bring your gift to the altar and while you're there, you remember your brother whom you've offended. That you remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there. Go your way. First be reconciled with your brother. Then... Come and offer your gift. In other words, Christ is saying, don't you dare approach God until you first get right with those whom you've offended. So many prayers stop right about that middle beam. So many of our prayers don't get any higher than the ceiling. Why? Because if you think about it, there's still someone that you've offended that you haven't asked their forgiveness. I'm not suggesting by any means that this is easy. In fact, it may be very difficult. But what I am telling you is that Jesus says it's absolutely necessary before you can worship Him. If God reveals to you something that you've done that has hurt or upset someone, then you need to resolve right now to humbly and lovingly ask their forgiveness so that you can tear down this wall. Another question. Are you bitter? Are you holding a grudge against someone who has hurt you? Matthew chapter 6, Jesus made a powerful statement. He said, if you forgive men who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. However, if you refuse to forgive others, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. Again, So many prayers never get past the ceiling because we're holding on to a grudge. You need to remember that forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. If you will choose to forgive, God will change your feelings and then you can Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. 
Another question. Are you involved in any kind of improper relationship? A husband may be too emotionally close to a female friend or a female co-worker. A wife may be too emotionally close to a male friend or male co-worker. Perhaps you're spending just too much time with your friends and not enough time with your spouse. Just maybe as a parent, you're too involved with your kid's life. Especially if they're married. That can be an out-of-balance relationship. Ask God today to reveal any of your relationships that are improper, any of your relationships that are out of balance, so that you can tear down this wall. Another question. Do you neglect fellowship and meaningful service in your church? According to chapter 10 of Hebrews, God thinks it's pretty important that you be involved in a local body of believers. He says, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. You see, Lone Ranger Christians, you know what a Lone Ranger Christian is? Someone who says, I'm a Christian, but he just ain't a member of a church. A Lone Ranger Christian is totally unbiblical. And if you think about it, a Lone Ranger Christian really is pretty selfish. Not even sharing any of his or her gifts. Then you have some people who seek a church and you know what they ask? They say, what can this church do for me? How can this church bless me? You know what the real question is, don't you? What can I do for this church? How can I bless this church? That's the real question. Bottom line is, can I tell you that it is a major sin for a Christian not to be involved in consistent service and giving to the body of Christ somewhere? I didn't say it. The Word of God says it. So, do you constantly receive, but you rarely give? Do you find yourself to be a participator? Or just a spectator? Can I tell you, you need to tear down this wall. Another question. Are your family relationships in line with the Word of God? Can I tell you that if your family relationships are out of whack, then likely your relationship with God is out of whack too. I read this quote this past week and it said, No one who is wrong with others can be truly right with God. I think there's a lot of truth to that. The Bible gives us a plumb line, gives us 
guidance for family relationships. For instance, it it tells us that, that husbands are commanded to love their wives with a powerful sacrificial love. The Word says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ so loved the church and gave Himself for her. The Word also gives direction to godly wives. For godly wives exhibit a beautiful spirit of humility and love and honor towards their husbands. The Word says, as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Even children. Children must learn the importance, the extreme importance of honoring their parents. The Word says, Children, obey your parents, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Let me ask you this. Are your family relationships out of whack? Then you need to... Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to have relationships with other people. Oh, Lord, we pray first of all that you would forgive us for hurting or offending those who we're close to. Lord, would you give us courage, courage to ask their forgiveness so that these relationships can be healed, so that revival can fall. Father, would you help us to forgive as we have been forgiven? Lord, would you help us to release the bitterness, release the grudges towards those who've hurt us? Lord Jesus, we repent of any relationships in our lives that are inappropriate. Oh Lord, we ask you to reveal them and then stop them now. Lord Jesus, thank you. For the gift of a church family, oh Lord, what would I have done without them? Lord, we repent of the desire to be served and ask you to show us that, a way that we might feed the body with our service. Father in heaven, we repent for not loving our wives like we should. Lord, we repent for not honoring our husbands like we should. Lord, we repent for not being the parents you've called us to be. Lord Jesus, let our relationships with other people honor you. And forgive us, Lord, when we hurt those who love us the most. Lord, let us experience your mighty power and your incredible presence as we repent of the sins in our relationships. Lord, help us to tear down these walls. Lord, these walls that prevent revival. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Not only must we repent of the sins in our relationships, but we must also repent of the sins of commission. Let me tell you what those are. A transgression in the Bible is an act of breaking God's law. A transgression basically is doing something that God forbids. 
And these sins are called sins of commission. For instance, our bodies. Our bodies are the dwelling place or the temple of God's Spirit. The Word says that. And we are to make ourselves holy and physically fit for His use. Paul wrote it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? You were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are His. Brothers and sisters, as we exercise self-control, can I tell you that God will greatly bless your efforts to give Him a healthy and a holy vessel fit for His use. But you know what? we got to try. we got to try to be holy. we got to try to give Him the vessel that He deserves to have. So many of us, even as Christians, we don't even try. Do you sin against God's temple with harmful habits, with harmful addictions? Are you enslaved to anything that damages or defiles the dwelling place of God? If you are, then tear down this wall. Bless you. Another sin of commission is that although we don't bow down to carved images, can I tell you that Christians frequently commit the sin of idolatry? I say, Brother Bill, I don't do that. Well, what is an idol? An idol is anything. Say anything. anything. Anything that we place before God. God said, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Have you broken His very first commandment by placing anything ahead of Him? Time to be honest with yourself now. I mean, if all the church members in the church followed your example of service, how effective would our ministry be? Would there even be a Sunday night service or an Awana ministry if everybody attended like you do? Would there be any outreach if people came to grow like you do? I mean, who or what is really number one in your life? Whatever it is, you need to tear down this wall. Another sin of commission comes from the fact that God has commanded all, say all. God has commanded all His children to give tithes and offerings. In Malachi chapter 3, God asks this question. He says, will a man rob God? 
Yet you have robbed me. Why, how have I robbed you? In what way have we robbed you? He said, in tithes and offerings. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, he said, and try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that you ain't got enough room to receive it. I didn't say it. God said it. But I can tell you this, that because of blatant financial disobedience, so many people cheat themselves out of the blessings of God. Refusing to tithe is really placing money ahead of God. Now, Few people would, would never think of, of not leaving a tip on the table of 15% or so. Few people would think about defrauding the IRS last Thursday, amen? But how many people defraud God by not giving back to Him out of what is already given you? So are you depriving yourself? You're not depriving me. You're not depriving church. You're not just depriving the community. You're depriving yourself by refusing to give God that which is already His. Does that make any sense to you? You need to tear down this wall. Finally, according to Scripture, if you do anything, say anything. If you do anything without a firm conviction that it's God's will, the Bible says you're committing sin. I shared this with BYG on Thursday. Romans 14.23 says it. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever you do that doesn't result, that doesn't come out of your faith in God, it's sin. So if you have this nagging lack of peace about something you're involved in, the Bible says you're in sin. We can't try to rationalize it. And we can't try to convince ourselves that it's okay. Because if God is trying to tell you something that deep down in your heart, it ain't okay, then friends, it ain't okay. Is there something that you do not have peace about, yet you still haven't made any changes? Then you need to tear down this wall. Let us pray. Lord in heaven, forgive us for building walls of sin between you and us. Lord, help us to tear down this wall and repent of these sins of commission. Father, we repent of sins that we commit against the dwelling place of your Spirit. Lord, help us to provide you with a holy and healthy vessel for you to do your work through. 
Lord Jesus, we turn away from the idols that we erect before you and we humble ourselves brand new under your Lordship. Oh, Father, forgive us. Forgive us for the times that we steal from you by withholding your money from your ministries. Lord, help us to be good stewards of what you've given us and help us to understand that we cannot outgive you. Lord, we desire to do everything according to your perfect will. And Lord, we repent of anything that is not a result of our faith in you. Lord, we long for your mighty presence. We long for your power. We long for revival to fall. We ask that you would do it in us as Christians, as, in us as a church, and in our community too. Lord, would you rend the heavens? Would you rip open the heavens and come down? Oh, Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Friends, do you want a mighty move of God? Do you want to experience a mighty move of God in our midst? If you do, the Bible says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you who are in sin, and purify your hearts, you who have a divided heart. But most of all, most of all, when it comes to sin, we must be willing to Tear down this wall. At the very beginning of Jesus' ministry on earth, He preached, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Therefore, repent. Repent and believe in the gospel. Maybe today is the day for you. Today is the day for you to turn away from sin and self and turn to Christ Jesus alone. Because He wants you in heaven with Him when your days on earth are through. Christ died for your sins. He was buried in a borrowed grave. And three days later, He rose again. He died to tear down your wall of sin. So that you could be with Him. So what do you say? What do you say? Is it your day to be saved? Is it your day, Christian, to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm turning away. I'm turning away from that sin. And I'm turning back to the Lordship of Christ. If it's time for you to make a decision for Jesus, we invite you today during this time of decision. We'll be singing in a minute. And we encourage you to come and, and give your life to Jesus. If you're a Christian and there's one of those walls that you've built and you want to tear down this wall, there's no greater day than today to do that. I'd be glad to pray with you I'd be glad to do anything that I can do for you. But it's something between you 
and you're Jesus. If today's your day, you don't hesitate. You come. Let us pray. Father in heaven, there is not a single person in this room who hasn't messed up. Father, there's not a single person in this room who hasn't built some kind of wall of sin that separates us from being in fellowship with you. Father, I'm thankful that Jesus came to tear down this wall. But Father, even as Christians, we get to the habit of just rebuilding that wall all over again. Lord, you tell us that if we will repent, that wall can be torn down. So Lord, we pray it in Jesus' name that you would convict us and give us the discernment of how we need to deal with our sin. Father, we want you to be glorified in the way we live. And that means we're going to need to repent of the sins in our relationship and repent of the sins of commission. Father, we ask your help in doing this. We can't do it on our own. We know that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins, but Lord, we're not just satisfied with just a relationship with you. We want to be in fellowship with you. Lord, help us to repent of those sins that bind our fellowship with you. Lord, we want revival. We want to be changed. We want great and mighty things to happen that you cannot do, only you can do. And Father, I ask you now in Jesus' name, Father, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Father, if there's a decision to be made this morning, a decision to trust Christ alone, if there's a decision to repent of some wall of sin that has been erected, Father, I pray that today would be their day. I know that only you can do it. Father, speak. Speak to your people. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Let's all stand. The cross upon which Jesus died Is a shelter in which we can hide And its grace so free Is sufficient for me and deep is its fountain and wide is the sea there's room at the cross for you there's room at the cross for you though millions have come there's still room for one yes there's room at the cross for you Though millions have found him a friend And have turned him from sins they have sinned The Savior still waits to open the gates And welcome a sinner before it's too late There's room at the cross for you there's room at the cross for you though millions have come there's still room for one 
Yes, there's room at the cross for you. The sand of my Savior is strong, and the love of my Savior is long. Through sunshine or rain, through loss or in gain, the blood flows from Calvary to cleanse every stain. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. All right, let's go back to the beginning. Let's sing. Here we go. The cross upon which Jesus died is a shelter in which we can hide. And its grace so free is sufficient for me. And deep is its fountain as wide as the sea. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Though millions have found him a friend and have turned from the sins they have seen, the Savior still waits to open the gate and welcome a sinner before it's too late. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Repentance and dealing with these touchy questions is difficult. 